y'all and welcome back to the show. So today is part two of an interview that I did with Mel the Money Coach and you're going to hear this conversation pick up right where we left off in episode number 46. So if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it because you're going to get three ways nurses can make an extra income without having to pick up extra shifts at the hospital. So Again, that is in episode number 46, and in today's part two, you are going to hear the conversation continues with walking in or crawling as nurses and letting go of your identity being found in your career. Your identity is found in who you are and not your job, not your career. So you're also going to learn about the importance of having a plan when it comes to budgeting, when it comes to getting out of debt, when it comes to saving money and creating a passive stream of income. You have to have a plan. So Mel is going to be sharing with us her uh, experience as a money coach. She has walked through paying off $160,000 in debt. She's a certified money coach with the Dave Ramsey plan. And we talked debt, budgeting, mindset, credit cards, student loans. You guys, the creditors, like these credit card companies, they want you to be in debt for the rest of your life. So you really need to come to this conversation with an open mind and just listen. Like there's so much that we talk about here. And again, it all comes back to having a plan. And towards the end, we're going to talk about the importance of giving and why your budget should reflect your priorities. So Towards the end, you're going to also hear that this, like the sound gets kind of wonky. I don't know what happened with one of our microphones, but the sound is kind of off. So just want to give you a heads up on that. But I didn't want you to miss out on this part of the episode. I think there's so much here. Um, I love Mel. You're going to hear our accents, my Southern accent blended with her Minnesotan accent. And I'm sure that sounds even Southern when I say it. So Minnesota, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this part of the episode, and you guys, if you have a friend or a coworker that you think could benefit from listening to the show, if you could just share it with them, like if you just uh, share the episode, you can share the show. All you have to do is, if you're an Apple iTunes, just hold it down, and there will be a list of options that pop up that will allow you to share the show or share the episode and just spread the love, you guys. So my mission of this show is to really help you and nurses in general, healthcare professionals, learn how to make money online so you can take control of your schedule. And I know right now I'm in several nursing groups and you may be as well on Facebook. And there's so much burnout going on right now on top of all the administrative stuff and then you've got the COVID stuff and everything is just super heavy. So being able to create a passive stream of income is going to be able to free you up from whatever that looks like for you. Maybe that's cutting back to part-time or maybe that's just making enough money online to uh, go per diem or just to kind of free up a little bit of space in your schedule so you're not having to experience the overwhelm of what's going on right now and that's been going on for the past 18 months. So uh, if you could just share it, I would really appreciate it. And also, if you have not left me a review, that would be awesome if you could do that. Uh, you can just scroll down to the very bottom. Like if you scroll through all of the episodes, just keep going. You'll see a place where you can leave a star review and then it'll also say written review. If you could just leave me a written review, that would be amazing. I would really appreciate that. 
And so with that being said, let's jump into part two of today's interview with Mel, the money coach. Welcome back to the Passive Income Nurse Podcast, where as healthcare professionals, we create passive income online. We're trading in our scrubs for yoga pants, we're thinking outside of the box, aka the hospital, and we're figuring out how to make money online. And just in case you were wondering, yes, we are professionals, but we were raised on Tupac, so we making changes. <laughs> yep, you heard that right. Hey, I'm Brianne Bell, registered nurse, health, wellness, and passive income advocate. Join me on this journey of breaking free from the hospital and taking control of your schedule to reconnecting with what matters most in life, to surrendering and letting Jesus take the will. Pop in your earbuds and get ready to be inspired to grow outside of the hospital walls and learn all kinds of different ways you can make money online. Do you love kids? Do you love working with older people? What do you love to do and really lean into that? Exactly. That calling that whatever is stirring in your heart, lean into Mm -hmm. that. I think that is going to, like you said, get you closer to living in that state of just walking in your calling and doing what you've been placed on this earth to do to serve. Exactly. Impact. And so so glad we we yes. went off in that direction because that's yes. that so many people so important need to hear that you know they need to yep. hear and they need to to be validated that it's okay yes. i know a lot of nurses healthcare we kind of dismiss it we do just yeah. because yeah. we feel like i mean even even if you feel like you've been called to work in the healthcare field i know that i mean i wholeheartedly believe that you're not supposed to stay stuck in a job that you hate. Exactly. hundred percent. Maybe you like, for me, I feel like I, as a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a nurse. And that's mm-hmm. all, that's all I ever said I, I wanted to be. And I had no, no experience in my life where a loved one was sick. And it was like, Oh, the nurse was amazing. I want to be a nurse. It was just something that I just I yeah. just knew what Ew. I was going to do. And so through that, I went to nursing school. I've been a nurse for 14 years. And now I have pivoted into the online space. And I really, I listened to, I think it was a podcast the other day. And it said, this was like just a mind blowing moment for me, because I think as nurses, as healthcare professionals, or a lot of people in general, they find their identity in their career. Yes. And that's exactly where I was. Exactly. Validated by their career. Mm -hmm. But when your identity is not found in your career and it's a family, it allows you and gives you permission to pivot. Yes. Yes. I love this. Yes. Yes. So it allows you to, it allows you to be open to other opportunities. It allows you to pivot because your identity is not found in what you do. The job. It's exactly. found in who you are. And so, yes. yeah, I love that. And I had to share that because I was like, just mind blown. I'm like, oh, that's yes. perfect. <laughs> and I, I think that's what being, you know, being on a path and a plan for debt freedom, having savings, I think that's what that opens up. You know, it just like cracks the mold of, you know, you think the butterfly like blossoming, you know, that kind of thing. When you have the mental capacity to think and pray and have your heart open, that's where the fun stuff happens. And I think that's where in the last year, especially with COVID, Mm -hmm. spending more time in prayer and more time in reflection, you know, we've been out 
of debt now for over a year. That's where I've had this confidence that I truly believe is from God. And when you feel, I listened to a podcast yesterday by Christy Wright. She's a Dave Ramsey personality, yeah. does a lot with women in business. And she said, you know, when you feel that strong calling in your spirit and the stirring, that's the Holy Spirit guiding you towards. And that's what I felt with coaching. I, I kept dismissing it for two, three years. I thought I'm a nurse practitioner. I have no business being a money coach. What would anyone want to listen to me? I'm a nurse practitioner. And I just kept like, Yes. cycling this dialogue negative and beliefs. the yeah. negative beliefs and everyone at work is like yep you just you you do this for 35 years you come to work you just put in your time for your pension and your retirement and then you're done like you just do the same thing that's what you do that's it that's a wrap you've made it and i just kept looking around in the icu going is this all that god has for me you know and when i started to listen to those voices and that stirring Mm -hmm. That's really what led me to financial coach master training and money coaching. And boy, when I'm vibrating at that frequency, boy, it's like fireworks, you know, yeah. where I get to work on my podcast and my one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching and work on the website and work on social media and work on consults and all these different things. Like I'm the person that I want to be. And I get goosebumps again, just thinking about it. Like mm -hmm. this is what I feel like God was training me my whole life to yeah. do. Yeah. Being an athlete and, and from a young age I was always coaching the younger kids or helping them master you know I was a thrower in college you know the discus thrower the shot put or always helping someone else that was maybe just a step or two behind me yeah. learn the ropes and take the next step and get better and improve so I feel like he's just been preparing you, you know, preparing me for this and so anyway all that to say that money is just the symptom it's like the surface level of all these deeper things and that's why I feel like money coaching having a money coach is so valuable mm -hmm. because it's not just addition and subtraction we can all do math we can all do have a calculator on our phone but it is so much more than that yeah it's like infinity levels deep of self-discovery and communication with your spouse and your career and your values and your goals and you know how you were raised how your spouse was raised which we could go into that for a whole nother podcast but yeah, no. <laughs> you know your kids and teaching them about money I mean it's like when people say oh I don't need a money coach I go mm. that's the first time that you probably do <laughs> that's the first, yeah exactly if you're like, no, I got this. I'm good. I got it in the bag. You're like, no, even I, we have a money coach, you know, as a money, yeah. a, a coach who doesn't have a coach is like a doctor who won't go to the doctor. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to kind of pivot now as we were kind of talking about the financial stuff into ways that we can budget more effectively, because I know mm. for me, I was horrible at budgeting, like literally this year in February is the first time that I really got serious about our budget. And my husband and I have been married for 10 years. And Ooh, yeah, you know, I was, I had this desire. I'm like, I want to be out of debt. I want to be debt free. And I love what Dave Ramsey says. He's like, you're never going to wander out of debt. You're exactly. Like, Unless you have a plan, you're never just going to miraculously wander <laughs> right. 
out of being being out of debt, being debt free. So, you know, it would be the end of the month for us. And I'm like, where the hell did all of our money go? Right. And and I know I'm not alone, seriously, because, you know, I feel like as a nurse, we make decent income. Yeah. My husband's a pilot. He makes decent income. So at the end of the day, it was like, we make good money. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But statistics tell us that 80% of people, no matter how much money you make, are living paycheck to paycheck. Isn't that crazy? That is just mind blowing. It is mind blowing. So I want you to share with us how we can budget more effectively and how we can start to take control of our finances. Yes. So the first step in anything with making a change is being open to the change. Having that, identifying that there's a problem. Yes. That is the first step. And that day isn't always, normal. It's it, not. No, well, no. It is normal in, in the United States. For us. But like Dave Ramsey says, if debt's normal, I don't want to be normal. Exactly. <laughs> Let's not be normal. Exactly. Yes. And spending above our means is totally normal. Not having a budget is totally normal. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so, I think what drew me to Dave Ramsey's plan is it was really countercultural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because the yeah. culture I grew up in was, you know, my dad was a farmer. So you borrow money to make money. You borrow more, more make more. You borrow more to make more. And you, and you just get credit cards so you can, can build up. Your, use more your, and your, exactly um, your credit, credit score. score. <laughs> yep. And it's just a hamster in a wheel. Yeah. You know, you borrow more to pay more, to borrow more, to pay more, to borrow more, to pay more, to buy. And then you just, you know, this cycle. Uh, Dave Ramsey says that the, um, the FICO score is a, I love debt score. Oh, definitely. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing more. Exactly. They, you know, the, the creditors want you to be in debt for the rest of your life because that's how they make money. So they, they reward you. That's why it's funny because we call it rewards. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, 1% cash back. That's great and everything, but the interest is 29%. So So really is winning in this situation. It is not you. Your yeah. 1% cash back is not going to help you build wealth and live generously and discover your career of your dream and all these different things. It's like they're the market, do math. The market yeah. has been, we've been marketed to our entire lives. And so heavily, you, like you mentioned, you have to realize that there is a problem. Is the That's the first step. step. Because exactly. we have been marketed to tremendously in, in this, this area, in this arena of credit cards. And yes. Oh my gosh. Horrible. Yeah. Credit cards and student loans. I mean, gosh, I have conversations almost daily with people that come to me and say, well, you know, my interest rate is only this, you know, why shouldn't I just borrow the money and whatever? And it's, so if you don't think there's a problem, I cannot help you. So that's the first step is to open your mind to, to really see what is happening. You are being taken advantage of by being in debt. Mm-hmm. Credit card company does not want Grian Bell's family to win. They don't know you. They don't care to know you. They don't care about your kids or your husband or your your future. Your, your future. They don't care about you. You know, like, oh, I feel so special. I get these rewards. They do not care about you. Yeah. A money coach cares about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, so I get to be on your team. So the first step is figuring out, okay, there's a problem. Let's make a change. The second step is to sit down with your spouse. If you're married or if you're single to just start with a notepad and paper, 
It does not have to be fancy. I think we get all bent out of shape about, do I use a spreadsheet or do I use an app or do I use, you know, this or that or all these fancy tools. When you're first starting out budgeting, just looking at your numbers is the first step. Just knowing, logging into all your accounts and writing down all your student loans and writing down all your credit cards and all these different things. And when we first started working through this process, when I added up the math, we had 10 credit cards. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I know. You know, because you always, you know, you go to the store and they offer you six months percent free, six months financing, whatever, zero percent. You know, so every time we needed something, we would just take out a credit card, put it on the credit card and pay it off over six months. Open up a credit card, put it on the card and pay it, you know. And you feel like you're getting a steal when you're not. Like you said, the marketing, especially with credit cards, has marketed to us so heavily that we feel lucky to sign up to pay 29% interest. And get 1% back. Exactly. We feel like, oh, we get this for spending whatever. Like, oh, I made a... I, my favorite comment is I made a thousand dollars on my credit card last year, but you probably, okay. So 1%, whatever that math is like a hundred grand, I don't know, whatever it is, 10,000, hundred, I, I don't know. Math is hard. So it doesn't add up. It does not add make up. Sense. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Why would you spend a hundred thousand to get 1000? That doesn't make any sense at all. No. So, yeah. So realizing there's a problem, knowing your numbers, and then also looking at those line items in your budget. So working first and foremost on the, the quote unquote expendables, you know, or miscellaneous. And it's funny when we start budgeting, a person might have $2,000 in their miscellaneous fund. It's like, well, that means that you're not budgeting. That's what that means. Yeah. So, <laughs> so really honing in on like, what did I spend on eating out? What did I spend on Amazon, which is a big one these days, uh-huh. you know, and, and looking at all of these ancillary costs and, and how can you do, and I always recommend this to folks when you're first starting, try a spending freeze, mm-hmm. stop spending money. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Just try it. What, you know, what's it going to hurt for 30 days? I guarantee you, if you're like me, you have like a hundred rolls of toilet paper in your house. Well, I mean, we could talk on that for another, the, the hoarding, <laughs> piece, stocking up piece, but you have enough supplies to survive for yeah. 30 days. Yeah. We've all got like 40 cans of beans in the back of our pantry. We've probably got like a hundred bags of frozen veggies that we can eat. We do bulk butchering. So we have pork and beef for like a year. I mean, you can survive for 30 days. So just try it. Try a spending freeze. Eat out of your freezer. Eat out of your pantry. Don't go out to eat. Don't order out. Just for 30 days, just to try it. And so a lot of thing with budgeting is like flexing a muscle. You know, we talk about health and wellness and working out. Budgeting is the same. Mm-hmm. Flexing that self-control muscle is key. It's not normal. And that's why we don't get practice with it a lot of times. We're like, as Dave Ramsey says, you know, we're toddlers when we go, I want this now. I want it now. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I want it now type of thing. You know, so <laughs> once you start saying no to yourself or no, not right now, as I would like to say. And then, you know, you start to look at other line items like, okay, how can I get rid of my 20 subscriptions? Yes, those are big. Could I try having one subscription to a TV program instead of 20 or 10 or, you know, start with like eating out and groceries. That's like the most common highest line item is food. 
-hmm. So I start there and then work my way back with a client as they get better with flexing that muscle. Yes. You know, I, I like to say I'm not the budget police, mm -hmm. but I will help you stay on track. Yes. You know, and ask those tough questions. Do you need to spend $1,500 at the gas station buying their food? Yeah. Probably not. Like you yeah. have food at home, pack a sandwich, put a jar of peanut butter in your car, whatever you got to do yep. to, because again, the gas station does not care about your family and making anyway. yourself, it's junk anyway. Exactly. So I, I find it helps with that mindset shift to look at, okay, who cares about my family? Me. Yeah, does me. anyone else care? And I'm giving them all this money? No. no. So that's the fun part. When you start to look at, you know, what you can save and how much you can pay towards your future instead of paying to the gas station or the creditor or the student loan or the restaurant or whatever it is. Yeah. And I, um, I can speak to this because I'm fairly, like I mentioned, I just started in February. Like I just started budgeting and I will tell you for anyone listening, when you start to budget, it's going to be messy. Right. It's going, it, yes. it, it, it's going to feel like you have no clue what you're doing. Your numbers are not going to add up. It's going to feel like you're doing it wrong. Everything's going to feel like, oh, the, uh, this sucks. I sh I'm just going to quit. Don't quit. You quit. have to give it Keep at, least, at it. You have to give it at least three months. I'm exactly. Three months. It's going to take three months of time for you to really start to feel like you're getting some traction on this. And yes. Now I use the, so Dave Ramsey has uh, an app called every, is it every, every dollar, every dollar. Every dollar. So yep. I use that app and it allows you to connect your bank account to the app. So all of my transactions are in the app and I can. No secrets. Yeah. I can put them in the categories. So like you have categories. So like, you know, at the top it's um, giving, which we're going to dive into in a minute. So giving, yeah. and then it's like my groceries. And then I allow so much to eat out. Like we were spending yeah. so much money on eating out. Oh my out. gosh. And now I know, okay, I'll allow our family $300 a month to eat out. And I yep. allow our family $600 a month in groceries. And that's yes. our budget. And yeah. so at the end of the month, if it's one week left in the month and we have no money in our in our restaurant category, we don't go out to eat. Right. And so it's, it's freeing because you have control over your money. You're right. not like me showing up at the end of the month saying, oh my God, where did all of our money go? Like I need to borrow a little bit from our savings because we're short. Right. Month, you know? Yes. And I was yep. doing that. And so now yep. it not only allows me to see where everything is being spent and I feel like I have control over it, I'm actually able to start saving some money. Yes. And I'm actually, I'm in the step two, which is your debt snowball. So I've paid off, I think four credit cards total. I've got, yes. yeah, I've got two Woo! more. Um, one will be paid off pretty soon. And then the other one, I'm just going to just tackle. And then once I'm done with those, I'm never yes. going to credit card again. They're going to be done. Paid no. off. Yep. And then from there, we're going to move on to paying off my husband's truck. And then we have a camper and then my car. And then once we do that, we're going to be, we're going to be good. And it time, like how long yep. will it take you to get out $160,000 in debt? 20 months. See, that's yep. fast tracking it right there, girl. You were mm -hmm. like balls to the wall. <laughs> Oh, big time. Yes. But the, the fun, the cool part is the, and you know, this statistic, I'm sure that he always says the average person following the baby steps pays off their debt in 18 to 24 months. Yeah. 
Wow. Which is a very short turnaround on average. You know, some yeah. people take longer and some people take shorter. Yeah. You know, and so that's where when you're paying off debt, like you said, your budget reflects your priorities. So your right. budget five years from now, when you're debt free, you have savings, you're investing is completely different than your budget now. So that's why I talk about, I've probably heard that Zig Ziglar quote, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And that's how kind of wandering into debt, like amen to that. Mm -hmm. But if you align your budget towards your goals and you're aiming towards your goals, yes, your budget reflects your priorities. Your money reflects your priorities. So yes. your debt payoff column is huge yes. compared to your vacation eating out fund. I mean, that doesn't mean that you can only have $300 a month for eating out for the rest of your life. Right. That just means for this season, mm -hmm. when you're pushing hard to get rid of debt, that's what you're choosing to do. And it's your choice. Like they, it's you know, priority. people ask I like, love that. I love that can I, can I spend this much on eating out? Well, if you can, you know, it's your priority. If you say, I absolutely need to spend a hundred dollars a month on eating out for my sanity, totally fine. Mm -hmm. Or some people might say going on vacation once a year, going camping family once a year is super, super important to me. I absolutely cannot not do it. Yeah. Then budget for it. It's okay. Yeah. And like, so that's, that's where I've, you know, given myself some grace too, because right now, like with our kids, they're 10 and seven. So I really feel like we get just a short time with them. I mean, literally right. like I have maybe seven more years with my oldest. Yes. And so doing family things, which means taking them to ride their dirt bikes, which means taking them camping, which means all of these extracurricular things, those yes. are priority to me. So I have yeah. budgeted in our budget every yes. month that I have money set aside to do that because they're a priority to me. Could I exactly. cut them out? I could absolutely cut them out, but I don't want right. to because right. I value that time with my children. So exactly. there's no, there's no, I think when it comes to a budget, it's not a black and white. It's like exactly right. what you said. You have to focus it on your priorities and it's going to look different for everybody. Exactly. It's going to, you have the same goal to get out of debt, but your priorities are going to look different. Exactly. And they shift and change over time, you know, mm -hmm. just because a lot of folks, you know, say when they're getting out of debt, maybe the wife gets pregnant. Okay. Well then that shifts the priority and that's mm -hmm. totally okay. Yeah. Put a pause on the baby stuff, set aside cash, pile of cash, mm -hmm. you know, wait till everyone's home safe from the hospital, all these different things, or, you know, say someone gets injured or you have a grand grandparent that passes away and you need to fly out somewhere for a funeral. Okay. Well, pause your eating out so that you can go to the plot, you know, the flight. This yeah, is not a lot like of flexibility within yes. it. Once you get it under control and you have that plan, you can have some flexibility. I'll use a perfect example, just like you, you were saying. So we've been throwing, we're in the debt snowball, which for those of you that are listening, you, you've never heard of it. So what Dave does is he takes, he teaches that you take the lowest balanced credit card and you pay that yep. one off first. And then you yep. pay the next one and then you pay the next one and the next one. So you start with the smallest and go to the biggest. Well, yep. once you do that, you're taking that minimum payment from the credit card that you paid off and you're rolling it into the other one. And then yes. you're taking any extra cash, any whatever funds that you have to pay off that balance. And so over the summer, I laugh and I say, well, my snowball kind of melted. <laughs> because, 
it was summer. Summer happened. Huh? Took a girls trip to Miami. I haven't seen my friends, my sister-in-law. I had a girlfriend that turned 40. And so it was a trip that I did not want to miss out on. I wanted to go. I wanted to make those memories. I wanted to be there and spend that time with my friends. So the money that I would have normally say put my flight on a credit card and spent my put my spending on a credit card, what I did, right. I didn't pay that big chunk to my credit card. I paid cash. And yes. so that was a win yes. in my book because I wasn't using a credit card. I was using cash. And absolutely. Minimum payment. And I just shifted that money to my trip. And so that was yes. a priority that I decided I wanted to do. Yes. So now I'm back. I have a plan. I'm back on track and yep. I'm just picking up where I left off. And so it right. didn't fall apart. I just made an adjustment and now I'm back on track. Yes. And I think that's what we get so tempted, this perfection mindset, as I know most of us nurses are like type A, 4.0 GPA, we, you know, like super yeah. type A type it has to personality. Be yeah. It has to be perfect, but it's completely okay to take a step back for a month when you have something come up that's of high importance and priority. The biggest thing is to not keep going back into debt. In order to get out of debt, you need to stop going into debt and stop using debt. Mm -hmm. That's kind of that hard line. You know, like when Dave Ramsey said when he went bankrupt, he just said, that's it. I'm not using debt anymore. There's a line in the sand. Taking out a car loan to buy a car is not an option anymore. Mm -hmm. We either have the money or we don't. Yeah. Like that, that it's not an option. So what you have to just make it up in your mind. Yep. that this is a new way of living. This is a way that I'm going to achieve financial peace and freedom and all these ways, all these benefits. But you have to say no to yourself in some ways or mm -hmm. reprioritize yep. for the short term, for the long term gain. So it's yeah. not can ever, just for now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I want to move on to you had mentioned giving earlier and my mindset used to be that the more money you make, the more you spend that you never really have any more money. You just have more things but going through yep. Dave Ramsey plan. And his motto is to live like no one else now. So later you can live and give like no one else. Exactly. And that's really that's... changed my perspective. So I want you to speak to why this is so important and why giving matters. Yes. So giving, this is a great topic. And I just had a, a consult the other day where a young gentleman who was just crushing it was doing so well. And he said, well, what about tithing? You know, do I tithe or how do I give? You know, I feel like I can't give enough. You know, he said that term and I'm like, well, what does that mean to you? You know, so I think that there's, if you look at giving in general, there's kind of two ways to give mm -hmm. one mon money mm -hmm. and two of your time and your, your gifts and your energy and your passion. And so I believe that, you know, he gets this question all the time on the radio show. Do I continue tithing while getting out of debt? People ask that frequently, or do I continue giving while getting out of debt? Well, there is no, make, right, exactly. Worldly perspective, it makes no sense. Right, you're exactly. to get out of debt, why are you giving money away? Right, exactly. And so what I often suggest to my clients is, and again, this depends on the person and it depends on your heart. If you are so deeply in debt, you cannot pay your rent and you cannot feed your children. God doesn't want that for you. Mm hmm he wants you to, and just as we've been talking about this whole episode, step into your God-given gift, be a gift to the world, impact the most people. 
I think at that phase, if you cannot pay for your four walls, as we talk about it, you know, and you cannot put food on your table, I think you should pause monetary giving mm -hmm. until you can, you know, you can take care of your family. God, you know, I know there's a verse on that, but I don't know it off the top of my head. You know, that God wants you to take care of your family first. And that is godly. And that is giving. Mm -hmm. He wants you to care for your family. So when you're in that phase of barely being able to pay your bills, I would suggest giving of your time. You know, you could probably throw a quarter in any direction and find 10 homeless shelters, food shelters, or food shelves, you know, any volunteer opportunities that would be happy to have you, whether you can do four hours a week or four hours a month, whatever that is, you can give your time and your heart and your passion in that way. As you go through this process, and to me in my brain, after you can pay your four walls, once you're onto the debt snowball, mm -hmm. you can start giving. And I don't think there is like a minimum, you know, God is the pearly gates of heaven. God's not going to be like, you know, you only gave 9% instead of 10%. You know, the, it's all about your heart behind it. Yeah. I guess is my, my, and that's the biggest part about giving is your heart. It really changes the giver as much, if not more than the receiver. Mm -hmm. So if you get it, and again, giving and budgeting, those are two muscles to flex. Mm -hmm. The more we get in the habit of giving and budgeting, the better we get at the two. Mm -hmm. And it, like we said, it changes the giver more than it changes the receiver. So does that make sense? Like, you know, if you can't put food on your table, keep your tithing money and, and get the wolf away from the door, take care of your family, feed your family first, yeah. put your own oxygen mask on first, and then... Yeah. you can start to tithe. And, you know, this is all based on your, your situation, yeah. I guess is my point. Walls, if you'll tell them what the four walls are, your house, food. Yeah. Your shelter, food, basic transportation and basic clothing. Yep. You know, like he says, you know, you're not, this is not driving a Ferrari or something, you know, like a brand new, like, Oh, my basic transportation is a $1,200 truck payment. That's yeah. not really basic transportation. That's like, you know, but, you know, in order for you, a thousand dollar beater car for you to get to work is, you know, really where we're going with that. Yeah. Paying your, paying your rent, putting basic food on your table. Again, that's not spending $1,200 eating out. That's like going to the store and buying fruits, vegetables, milk, eggs, bread, that kind of basic thing. And then um, basic clothing, you know, making sure that you have reasonable clothes to cover your body and to go to work. You know, you're not going shopping online from an Italian store and getting a $1,200 blouse or something like that. Reasonable, yes. Reasonable, basic, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but I love that you say it, it changes the giver as much as it changes the person receiving it because it exactly really, it really is a heart change and so god doesn't want you to give if it's not coming from the heart anyway right right exactly the point like if you're just saying that i'm supposed to tithe 10 percent because that's what my grandmother always told me i needed to do <laughs> like you're missing the point like it's you're supposed to give from your heart because you want to, not because you have to. Exactly. So as you're going through this whole getting out of debt, getting your finances in order, starting to budget, as you're, you know, wanting to make this extra money by, you know, not having to work extra shifts at the hospital, 
as you're going through that, the giving piece is the part that is going to make this all come together. Because, exactly. Yeah, because when you start to realize that you're able to give because you want to, like you, you truly just have it on your heart. It changes your heart and it changes it the does. way you look at money. It changes the way you live your life. It just changes everything again, like back mm-hmm. to the whole finances. And when you, when you take control of that, it really affects every aspect of your life and the giving piece and the heart change is no different. It's just the, exactly. and it's one that I think a lot of people don't understand because it doesn't logically make sense because right. trying to pay off your credit cards, why am I giving my church 10%. Well, right. because you can number one and mm-hmm. number two, it's, it's the heart change. It's that it's the heart change. Exactly. God has, he's, he loves you. He, he wants you to be able to do your work in this world. He wants you to be able to bless others and money is just a piece of that. And so exactly. It's a tool to do that. Yes. So when you start to shift that mindset, that money is a tool to be able to, you know, live this life that you want to live and to be able to give and help others. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you make all the money and you're rich and you're, you're famous and you live in a mansion (laughs) and you have money to share it with, what kind of life do you have? Right. And how do you feel? You feel lonely. You don't feel connected. You feel lonely. You feel like, you know, why, why are so many people, celebrities that have this fame and fortune luxurious lifestyle? Yeah, exactly. And it's yep. because of this heart issue. Like it's a, it's a yep. thing. And so when you're able to switch your mindset and really be able to give from a place of love and abundance, exactly, it's returned to you. So, yep. Exactly. I love it. Yes. yes. And that is a great place for us to end today. Yes. I'm so thankful for you, Mel. Thank yes. you for reaching out for me or reaching out to me. You guys, Mel found the podcast. Yes. Found my email and emailed me and she's like, oh my gosh, I wanted to connect with you. And so thank you so much for reaching out. Yes. For connecting. Thank you for being brave and just being you and showing up and making a change in this world. I'm I'm happy to have connected with you. So thank you. Yes, you too, my friend. Thank you so much. Hey, real quick, before you go, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure you go over to Apple iTunes and hit subscribe. This way you'll get notified when all of the new episodes air. And if you've been listening to the show and you know some other friends or coworkers that may enjoy it, or you just want to say thank you, Be sure to take a screenshot and share it over on the gram, post it up in your stories and tag me at Brianne, it's B-R-I-A-N-N-E underscore Bell, B-E-L-L. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm so grateful for you guys. Until next time. If you like my mom's podcast, make sure you subscribe and leave a review.